When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to our Christmas series of Extra Portion, a bumper pack of leftovers from our favourite interviews for the Monthly Delicious podcast with me. This week we've got more, much more, of that interview I did with Nigella Lawson in her very own kitchen for the November episode. Here she gives us an insight into how she came up with some of those ideas for her new book, At My Table, and the TV series of the same name. And as I tested her recording levels, she told me what she has for breakfast. Rye toast, extra virgin olive oil and a poached egg. Did you really? Yes. Well, I've overcome my fear of poaching eggs in this book, so... I now, you know, poach one every morning. It's, it's the most liberating thing to have happened to me for a long time. It's high carb, high fat, high protein. So, Nigella, we're talking about your fabulous uh-huh. book, At My Table. Now, Diana Henry says that it's a return to the form of how to eat, which it is. I mean, I loved reading it, but actually... Not so many words in this one. Beautiful no, recipes. No, no, no. Uh, no, to me, it's not really a return to how to eat in the sense that, you know, I do do long books and shorter books and perhaps Kitchen and Feast were more yeah. of that sort, you know, a large, expansive book with narrative. Yes. But I think what she means is this notion that I have been just pottering about in my kitchen and then uh, have, have brought the food from my table to the page. And I think that's what she means. What reminded me of how to eat is the amount of stories from your grandmother. I mean, I know they run through all the stuff that you do, but some of them are fabulously ancient recipes, aren't they? You're not one for really kind of Instagrammy, terribly sort of towered, pretty, pretty, pretty food. No, I'm not. I'm, I certainly don't go for prettiness, and I've always had a slight abhorrence for plate decoration. Um, but, you know, I haven't said that. I post on Instagram all the time, so I can't, yeah. you know, I can't be purer than now. But this is the thing, I suppose. I feel that the food that we really love eating is often not particularly photogenic. Mm. You know, a stew. Mm. Um, in fact, you mustn't let me forget to put my pork stew in the oven. But um, a stew is so wonderful. It is brown. Yeah. It's irredeemably brown, but it's wonderful. And... I think that sometimes we, when I say we, the sort of food people can underestimate uh, people at home who aren't just looking for something pretty. I mean, I adore the beauty of food. I mean, you know, I'm never happier than when scattering with pistachios or pomegranates or parsley yes. or coriander. So I'm not anti-beauty, but I think that, that food 
differs. You know, certain sorts of foods. Um, in the cold, we want something a bit stodgy. Yeah. You know, I might make my chicken barley, and that's really beige. Yes. And actually, what's quite interesting, what's really been interesting is, um, you know, my book, come, you know, came out quite a bit before the TV's going to start, which is any minute. Mm. Um, and people just do the recipes they want to do rather they're not being led by you know what might be on a program which i love um i mean i like that too but it's very nice to have the innocence of just every recipe having equal weight on the page and then it's it does interest me the number of people that have done the chicken barley it's so old-fashioned yeah you know this is absolutely something i have here especially at weekends my grandmother did a chicken fricassee that really i can't say that i remember fondly i remember fondly because um, it makes me smile, but it was really a rather sort of too flowery, thick white sauce, a few button mushrooms, a bit of a solid uh, mound yes. on some rice. But, you know, it was what people used to do to, to for yesterday's roast chicken. Now, I actually, you know, I'm very happy to eat yesterday's roast chicken or put it in a salad or yeah. and also, you know, I can get through a whole roast chicken very easily. So, alas, not enough leftovers. But I wanted to do a chicken, well, frick of chick. Uh, we call it. We, I wanted to do a frick of chick that really made me smile because it was coming from my grandmother's kitchen, and I remember that very highly polished table. You know, people used to have that all that brown stuff yeah. and very highly polished brown table <laughs> that we'd eat it off. Um, but I wanted to do it with some flavours I like, and uh, now and I started off with chicken thighs, fillets, you know, the, the raw. Um, but just you get more flavour. And I'm, you know, I'm a bit lazy, so I didn't want to make that sort of white sauce and then add it. So really, I do it all in one, you know, sort of dredging meat, fry a bit of leek in a pan, add the chicken, the floury spiced chicken to that, and then instead of adding milk, I wanted some marsala and the soaking, uh, soaking liquid for some mushrooms. Yeah. Um, some porcini, which is rather lovely, it gives it sort of a funny oaky, not particularly attractive, you know, brown colour. Tastes. Yes. Amazing. And some time, and I love it, but I do say in the book, you know, it has got a face only a mother could love. You know, it, you know you're not... <laughs> Which, but it's prettier than chicken barley. Yeah, the chicken barley, well, to me, it means, well, it's not pretty, so it's very beige, like parsnips, and the, yeah. and the thing is, it's so full of flavour, and it's so full of comfort, and it is really home cooking and home cooking so many different things because home cooking for me is just as much when I'm cooking something a curry with some fresh turmeric that I can get up the road um and and so I'm excited by that too but it really interests me how many people have posted on Instagram and Twitter their pictures of that chicken barley and it's been a real favorite and I think you know in a way it's nice to remind people of these sorts of because recipes. I think I kind of know what that tastes like. It reminds me. It's comfort yes. food. It's, yes. it's, you know, I'm 54, but I, re- I remember yeah. that taste. I mean, my parents were unusually good cooks for that period. But actually, that goes beyond. But that's, be- that's before, you know, because yes, I'm a bit older is. than you. And um, this actually goes a bit earlier. And in fact, uh, there's a, in one of my books, I've got something called Grandma's Bean and Barley Soup. Uh, my later husband, John, his mother used to use a lot of barley. And that's much more her sort of yes. cooking um, and it's wonderful and I of course a lot of you know we all of our age know about food like that mm. we have a memory mm. well, probably wasn't food exactly we mm. grew up with but we have a memory mm. um, and yet you know younger people don't and it's wonderful the book is absolutely full of beautiful Middle Eastern dishes and Italian dishes and mm. you know but but Indian dishes as well I mean it really is full of places from all over the world 
they're inspired from all over the world okay. and they're inspired by certain ingredients. So, for example, I've got an Indian spiced chicken tray bake. It's not an Indian recipe, okay. but I'm using, I'm using all those um, ingredients. And I tried to... So I have some potatoes cubed in a, in a roasting tin and you know, there's lime and nigella seed and that. turmeric and... You know, very you know, all the sort of. I open my spice cupboard and I sort of put it in cumin, and and coriander, and then I put the chicken on top. Mm. And what I wanted, because we always think of potatoes always being roast and crisp, and I love that, and I've got lots of that in the book. But this is when they're slightly more soused mm. and got that sharp flavour, which comes from the lime, mm. both zest and juice. And um, so it's very reminiscent of certain sorts of Indian food, but it is not at all an but Indian recipe. Right, so it is inspired. But what I wanted to say about uh, the, the book is I went through every single recipe this morning on the train and I mm. would cook every single one of them, which is unusual. And, I'm, you know, we are surrounded by how many cookbooks have you got in this? I know, I, I know, mean, I know, such an overload. <laughs> but, and from all over the world as mm. well, but, you, you know, your average cookbook, you don't tend to cook more than about three or four recipes. But with this one, you absolutely would because actually they're quite easy. No, they? Well, they are easy. I mean, I don't have... Um, you know, I'm as I say, and people often think I'm being modest. I'm not a chef, and I'm not a trained cook even. But I love cooking, and I don't think you need fancy technique to bring flavour to your yeah. food. And flavour is uh, really the language of home cooking. Yes, absolutely. You touched a little bit there about the younger generation, mm. and I've got a huge amount of faith in the younger generation to save the planet because they do really care about yes. provenance. They really care about taste, mm. and they are the people who are you know, setting a firework under under our food revolution, really. And they're eating in amazing restaurants and Instagramming and, and making f- British food really exceptional. But they probably don't have the memories that you and I have, because actually those are quite unusual. And I wonder if how this fits with the sort of the millennial foodies. Well, I think, you know, I, one of the things that, you know, always pleases me is when I'm doing a book signing, I get quite a lot of young people coming and I like that and I love, you know, finding out what they're cooking and I find them very, you know, they're very uh, alive to what food can do and what it can bring to their lives, which I think is a very profound thing. And they tell me how they change recipes to suit what they've got, either their budget or the the size of their kitchen and the time they've got. And that that means they are going to become real cooks because they're always having to adjust and adapt. And that's interesting to me. But I think that... Uh, you know, actually, I've got uh, recipes that some might be... You might think are tailor-made, you know, vegan, uh, vegetarian, because that's how I cook a lot of the time as well. But also, I think... They do seem to like to do these more old-fashioned uh, recipes as well. But uh, look, I, I've always done a lot of tray bakes, and I know they do those as well. Um, they like baking, so it's. But I think the real, the really important thing is that when I write recipes, I'm not trying to cater for any particular group. I'm just saying what I cook, mm. and I expect people to take what they want in the way they want. Mm. And um, I love it when they bring. Uh, their own life to it and uh, a cook from a certain culture might change what a recipe uh, bringing the spices he or she uses in their own home cooking no, and add that so that's what I, that's yeah. what I think I think, no, I'm just thinking I think that this for example the chicken barley yes but it would be affordable the chicken barley would be affordable um, it's you know and it'd be warming 
And yeah. but it's it quite easy to do. It also yes. fills the gap in a memory which I think a lot of people don't have. That's yes. what I meant. And it's the same yes. with the fricassee. And I think that, you know, certainly this meat section, there are so many really quite classic. You've got to open now on the slower shoulder of uh, lamb. And I did that once, and I did it in rather unusual spicing, you know, five spice and some vinegar and uh, a bit of honey at the end. But I cooked it. It's, it's not Chinese, but it's got that, that sort of tang and element. But of, as you know, slow-cooked lamb shoulder also is very sweet. And it's really just a really easy way of doing Instead of peaking duck on pancakes, I buy the pancakes, you know, warm them up, yeah. shred this lamb and eat it like that also great in lettuce wraps and that's because it's easy for us to do at home yes and shoulder of lamb is so much cheaper than a leg of lamb well, exactly. so it makes it yeah it, you know it makes more pleasurable but that's i love shoulder of lamb I mean, and it's a nice way of eating it because you cook it so long and just shredding it and as i say that's been a really popular one again irredeemably brown yeah irredeemably brown yes but that's happened and in fact you know i was just talking with you earlier you know I've got my pork with prunes olives and capers which in a way does come from a European tradition that's quite odd because it's quite sort of tangy but again it's pork shoulder which is a great cut and you can't quite believe you know you think that you reading this recipe you'd think it was littered with misprints because you can't quite believe you've got 100 grams of capers or that you've got four tablespoons of dried oregano and it is very sharp but of course the pork is fatty and then there's prunes in it just sweet mm. and it's so wonderfully tangy and it's a, for me when I'm busy like now it's so easy so last night I just put everything into marinade in a freezer bag I'm just about to tip it into my casserole I don't brown it or anything and it just goes into a uh, low oven mm, yeah. you know 170 um, but you know lower if you've got a fan and I'm mm. bad at that I suppose that's 150 with a fan I'm trying mm. to learn um, but so that's incredibly easy and of course like all stews it's even better when you reheat it yeah. so I'm cooking it today so I can have some today and I've got a friend coming on Saturday and there'll be enough for me to reheat on Saturday and that's a sort of cooking that fits in with my life and I think it well I think it cooks in with everyone it fits in with Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in the October podcast, Philip Howard and Raymond Blanc both talk about how easy it is to slow cook a joint and how you put it in the oven, go to work, come back, six o'clock, and the the smells have filled the house for a start. But you've got something really gorgeous to eat. Yes, I love love slow cooking. Um, To me, it's... It makes me feel calm and reassured that I know I've got some <laughs> some food going to be ready at some stage. I love the I love the smell of it. I mean, I think though you have to be. No, I do. For me, my life, you know, is not uh, has doesn't have an enormously fixed routine, and sometimes that sort of slow cooking is ideal. Mm. And sometimes I need something that is just very quick, and I do last minute. So I think you do, ha- you know horses for courses as they say you do have to cook like that but of course the joy as well of cooking things ahead is that you then have you know stuff that you can heat up quickly and I buy those uh, containers that look like I'm running a deli or a Chinese takeaway I think well not Chinese takeaway not paper I I have these sort of see-through containers and I stock up with those and I fill things up and that to me that means I can just then put it in a saucepan at the end of the day when I get in and I've got and I've got something to eat. My children are now um, in their early 20s, and I am really, um, I love it how much they cook and how they want to talk about food. And uh, that as well, there's no, there's no dividing line between whether they're male or female about cooking, and they do cook an awful lot. I think it's quite interesting because a lot of them are vegetarian or vegan, and that means, of course, I think then... They have to take responsibility for their food intake more, so it makes them more yes, um, attuned. Through that as well. You know, yeah. no, not mine, but oh, their friends. Their friends, but their friends, and so that does seem. So I, I, I there are a lot of young people uh, coming through this house, and I love it. Yeah, I, I love it how much they cook. I mean, there's a particular recipe I've got in this book that I, if I had, if I didn't have it in my fridge, they would cause consternation with all the sort of marauding. Um, the marauding crowds that come in here which is a green sauce which they just come in here autopilot open my fridge start dipping tortilla chips into this salsa which is just um, uh, jalapeno peppers no fresh ones uh, coriander garlic and lime and salt and some bit of oil and that is and it makes me laugh they love that but but, but they do as I say from my from looking at quite a large sample of young people I like they're very um, they're very interested creatively in food and and practically and very open minded as well for me food is a conversation that's why in a way when I'm doing book signings and so forth it's so nice to meet readers or if they just post now we have social media so I can hear that yeah. way tell us about the old fashioned telly I mean I'm just thinking about when it all started the late 90s you know as you and Jamie and Nigel Slater and not very many other people doing that whole sort of chop and chat thing which taught people how to taught a whole generation how to eat and back then we didn't eat the way that we do now and you couldn't have done probably a, a recipe book like this and, and assume that people knew how to cook well you know how to eat had 
you know, I had to eat and you know, bites my as well. I had pomegranate seeds, I had miso. I mean, it isn't that different. It's easier to get now, that's for sure. But yes. then, how do you get? How do you make things easier to get as well? But I so wonder if people important. were inspired to, to cook like that because of the depth and uh, of those stories of your stories. They were inspired to be a certain kind of person. They want to be like you. You mm, know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I sure that that's the same I, anymore. I don't know. I I think. There are so many different things that inform it. I think people travel more. I think you know we've got very we've got incredible supermarkets mm. um, in this country. We've got lovely farmers markets now, and that's really grown up an awful lot. And so that I think, c- compared to a lot of places, our our access to a wide variety of good ingredients um, is inspiring. Mm. Um, I noticed that because when I do foreign editions of my books, I sometimes worry that I think, how is that person going to cook that? Because obviously I cook from someone who's here. And obviously I'm, I'm a Londoner, so I'm aware that I might find certain things easier. But these days a lot is online. And mm. anyway, as I say, people are interested and they do want these different flavours. I suppose what I do in my books is that I'm very aware that it's really irritating. I find this, for me, so you know, it's very irritating to be sent shopping to get an ingredient which then... What, do you, what else do you do with it? Yeah. So if I suggest getting an ingredient that perhaps people might not have bought before, I will make sure I've got a good two or three other recipes in the book mm. that use it, because otherwise you're wasting your money. Yeah, absolutely. And that is terribly important. People are spending more of their income on food, but they must know that, that it's worth it. They and, and so Yeah, but then you've got to give recipes to use those things. There's yeah. no point just having a one-off recipe. So there's no point saying get some preserved lemons. You've got one recipe that uses a lemon. What else are you going to do? It's so the, so I just, I've got it there. So often, sometimes I just, so of course I have it in the you know, fridge and I, it's sort of that sour, fragrant intensity is so good that I find various different ways of using it and not necessarily in ways that actually if you like, have sort of geographical culinary authenticity. You know, I did a version of... My mother always used to do a mint sauce, um, a very trad mint sauce, where she'd have this little mooly thing for herbs, which had, like, funny teeth. And she put the mint in, and you tear it, and you sh- it shredded the mint, and then you she put it in a bowl with a teeny bit of sugar and um, some boiling water and a bit of vinegar. And that was just an old-fashioned mint sauce. In fact, my mother was quite a, a European uh, cook, very rarely dusted trad. Uh, British things, but that was one of the things. So I was doing lamb, and I thought, well, actually, um, I I had a you know bit of preserved lemon left bobbing about, and I thought, well, I'm going to try that. I try that mm-hmm. instead of vinegar, and it was you know it was wonderful. So I do think sometimes it just makes you think about uh, food generally a different way because I didn't want to waste uh, waste an ingredient, or sometimes I might use it because I I, I might actually think. Um, Oh, I've got that there. Oh, I love the flavour of that. It would be so good in a vegetable stew or something. So I think that's that's what getting ingredients could do. They can make you think very creatively because one gets inspired. I'm I'm a person of enthusiasms, so I get enthusiastic about an ingredient. I I practically have to be forced to stop using it. Looking forward to Christmas. You do say that you're a bad planner. I'm not convinced of Mm. that, but you do say that quite often. No, the, the thing is, I'm in life... I really loathe plans. I feel quite claustrophobic, but I need a structure. I need a framework. And I certainly, you know, Christmas isn't exactly upon us, but you know, obviously I'm very aware that it's coming up. And I do, I do plan uh, my Christmas food and cooking, not 
in a way that makes me feel, oh, I know exactly what meal I'm going to cook when, but just so I have an idea of what the overall structure will be and uh, what ingredients to get in in bulk and to stop me sort of going over and over you know, shall I cook that? Shall I cook this? I always change my mind at the last minute, but I certainly have ideas of, you know, I know that, you know, I've got a duck recipe. I'll be doing a lot. I'm not embarrassed about repeating recipes either, by the way. Yeah, I not. do that an awful lot. Yeah. And that's easy. That, But also baking. I like, I find that, you know, when I'm, when it's cold and dark outside and I can, you know, pretend I'm working just by being in my kitchen. Um, I, I do do quite a bit of baking. So, yeah. you know, sticky toffee pudding, which I've got a recipe in here, which I will do. Um, no, and I think that sometimes I find, and if, if there isn't none of that, I sometimes actually just make the sauce from the sticky toffee pudding because it's fantastic. Mm. Once it's cold, you know, or room temperature, it's fantastic with ice cream. So it's a question of, oh yeah, I've got these elements, I've got time to make the whole lot, or I've only got time to make the sauce, and how do I make it work? Would you practice things? Well, I suppose you're so well practiced. But no, no, no. I uh, when I practice every day. But I'm thinking for Christmas. If you if you're worried about having people over. It makes perfect sense to cook things a bit for your family first so that you become relaxed with it and don't feel, um, oh no, I don't know if I can get this right. Um, I've got a cake here which um, is like, if you like, a, a the, 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 the sort of photo negative to a Christmas cake because it's very light and white and it's, I call it uh, my, you know, coconut snowball cake. And to me, that's quite nice, the idea of having a trad uh, Christmas cake, but also this coconut cake, which it's got a sort of fluffy marshmallow icing, a bit like the inside of a Tunnock's tea cake, and then I sort of throw coconut at it. I mean, if you don't like coconut, I mean, there's your idea of absolute hell. But um, but that, you know, that's something I quite like, and it's very simple to make. But I would certainly say, well, do try that icing first mm. to make sure you feel comfortable with mm. it. And uh, and what about decorations? You're a one, aren't you, for, for themed Christmases? Well. Well, I sort of, sometimes I go themed Christmas, but sometimes I think I'm going to do themed, but then I start, I hate authority, so then I don't like my rules, so I have to, you know, break it up. So I'm feeling this year, well, I feel a bit copper and rose gold, but then I just, and then I suddenly thought, no, I'm getting that and it's silver as well. You know, I don't like, I'm not very good at that. And also I, I'm, I don't think, I think once Christmas gets overtaken by good taste, it becomes a bit sterile. Yeah. Um, I think Christmas is a lot about tradition. I, you know, and I, there were some new flavours I've brought to the traditional sprouts this year. I've gone a bit. I've gone. I have gone. Yes, remind me about the sprouts. Well, the sprouts. I've got preserved lemons, a pinch of cinnamon, and then some pomegranate seeds. But they, you know, they are delicious. I've got. I mean, listen. I have to say. Um, I'm still, for Christmas Day, I still do my really trad, you know, Brussels sprouts with chestnuts and, you know, my brine turkey and everything. But I just, I love Brussels sprouts. So as far as I'm concerned, from, you know, I'm I'm cooking Brussels sprouts all the time from now on in. You know, I want to get as many as possible. And this is actually a rather wonderful one. I add a bit of butter, but I do know sometimes I make it without the butter. I think the butter brings a lovely bit of flavour when it's hot. But I also make this slightly undercooked them don't use butter just use oil and then it makes it's an incredible salad as well crunchy salad mm, uh, across the spouts yeah mm. ordinary olive oil because mm. i'm frying you don't need to use you know, extra virgin olive oil so um so that is a new favorite but i mean i've been cooking it for a while but i certainly feel so i am doing that uh at christmas and i'm also quite pleased with a sort of <laughs> amalgam of you know cooking red cabbage i mean i'm red i can't have christmas without red cabbage and i've done all sorts of red cabbage pomegranate juice with this with that my mother's one with those apples and brown sugar 
in clove, but um, I do one that I do one now, which I'm rather pleased with, which has some fresh or frozen cranberries and uh, also dried cranberries, and so it's this curious mix between you know braised red cabbage and cranberry sauce. Happy Christmas, you delicious listeners! Thanks for listening to the Delicious Podcast Extra Portion. Next week, we've got another bumper extra portion for you with a really special celebrity guest. Make sure you subscribe via iTunes or your podcast app to make sure you never miss a bit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.